you know, so I was just thinking to myself, what if student loans got canceled? You know how lit that would be, dude? Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. But, I mean, at the same time, like, it wouldn't really change much in my life because I'm not paying that shit either way. <laughs> like, I'm not. I don't care if you email me every day. And these dudes really do. Like, they email you every day. Like, hey, man, get ready. It's almost time. You know, they'd be calling me, texting me. Like, dude, I'm not paying you. Okay? Like, it's just not going to happen. I will wait until it gets canceled. I don't care how many presidencies we got to go through. I'm just going to keep waiting and hoping. <laughs> That's honestly my plan, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's tough times out here. Inflation is at, like, an all-time high or some shit. You know, jobs are still paying no money. And then they, they keep on trying to get you to pay back them student loans. Well, you know, joke's on them. Shout out Joe Biden. Yeah. He extended the pause on student loans until May. So that gives us, you know, an extra three months of no student loan payments. And obviously, I want them to be canceled. I mean, even though it was like five or six years ago when we, well, when I got into college, you a little bit before that, like it was still pushed on you to go to college and, and take out loans, right? It's not so much pushed on kids anymore, even in like the span of five to six years. But in 2014, 2015, like it was all right, graduate high school and you have to go to college, especially from, you know, my mom. She's like, you have to go to college, whatever, take out loans, do what you got to do. And obviously she helped me with that, but just puts a lot of financial burden on people who graduate college and, you know, may not have a plan or, or a job set in place, which I think is a lot of people. Yeah. Um, they're just, you know, predatory loans. And I get, like, you, you take out loans, like, you're responsible to pay them back, whatever. Like, yeah, if I had the money, I would pay them back. But as of right now, like, they just ain't getting paid back, period. <laughs> like, they they going to have to take the L on that one. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm just going to, like, they're literally going to have to, like, get a bounty hunter to, to find me <laughs> to ever get any of that money back. Like, I'm just going to keep on waiting and waiting and waiting. It's worked so far. And they make it so easy, too, because you could just, you know, say that you're broke and make no money and you have and then you'll have to pay zero dollars or five dollars a month and yeah the interest will will keep on you know getting you and and you'll have to owe more but just say you don't make any money for the rest of your life and boom you're, you're straight and then when you're gone the fuck are they gonna do <laughs> facts bro i mean I'm, I'm just trying to max out my credit cards and and win in some dfs and some prize picks and if that doesn't work <laughs> out i'm gonna just off myself and they're gonna be stuck holding the bag tough scene yeah that's that's a that's a tough scene. <laughs> What's going on everybody? Welcome to episode 190 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information strategy and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm going to be joined by Joey Carrion on today's show as we break down week 16 in the NFL from a DraftKings perspective. Going to talk some slate specifics, what the Vegas Lions are telling us about the week. We will discuss our cash core and, of course, leverage, stacks, and long shots, everything you need to know to have a good chance at banking a tournament this week. If you're new to the podcast and like what you hear, you can support us by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use, whether that be Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. You can also find us on YouTube at the DFS Dose, where we produce fantasy content all week, every week, and live stream 
on Saturdays. Finally, our Discord channel is open and available. The link to join that is in the description to the podcast. Joey, I mean, this week has to be better than last week, no? I mean, week 15 is going down in the history books as one of the worst fantasy football weeks of all time, especially in the first round of the playoffs, nonetheless. Yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> Weeks like that make me not even want to like talk about football or fantasy yeah. football. It was brutal. It was brutal from start to finish. It never got better. It was just literally just chalked from the get-go, and we kind of knew it. I mean, we talked all week last week about how bad the slate was, and I mean, my initial thoughts on this slate is that it's it's honestly not looking that better. It's a little more interesting from a DFS perspective, but you know, from a Vegas perspective, this is an 11 game main slate with eight games early and three games in the afternoon for the second straight week. There are no games with a total above 50. The highest on the slate is 49 in the Rams Vikings game. Every other game total is below 45 and a half. So, you know, it's again, going to be a low scoring week, at least on paper, the top five implied team totals on the week, Tampa Bay, 27 and a half LA Chargers 27.25 the Rams 26 KC 26 and the Eagles at 25.25 what's standing out to you this week from a Vegas perspective from a Vegas perspective you obviously have the Bucks Chargers Rams as the highest team totals which is pretty obvious uh, three of the best teams in the NFL on this main slate and they are all in pretty great spots in my opinion so I think a lot of the ownership especially in GPPs is going to come from these three teams and then just in terms of totals I mean you you summarized it perfectly it's just another potentially low scoring week with a lot of bad games you know we have the Jags Jets Lions versus Falcons Broncos versus Raiders who else? We got Bengals versus Ravens. If Lamar can't go, like that's not a great game. Bears-Seattle's like, kind of gross. Yeah. It's another gross week of football. It's not as bad as week 15. And, you know, this main slate is a little bit better just because we have uh, more options to choose from and better players. And it's looking like uh, there's really not many COVID situations on this main slate. So that's, that's a plus. But uh, nonetheless, I'm you know, ready to uh, dive in. I do hope that this podcast has a little bit more viability later in the week. I mean, last week, the shit was dead. Like the next day we had games getting postponed, like right after we recorded. And I mean, it's not as bad this week, but there are still a couple of situations. I wouldn't be shocked to see. I mean, the two games that I'm most worried about is the Chiefs Steelers game and the Jags Jets game the Jets currently have their head coach and 14 players on the COVID list if that continues to get worse I wouldn't be surprised if they push that back and you know obviously the Chiefs dealing with a lot right now too Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both on the COVID list yeah it's definitely going to be a premier game that we'll have to wait and see gets if it gets postponed or not my lean right now is that it doesn't Mm. I don't think we've had the Chiefs place anybody else on covid yet today and really they only have bucker who is confirmed out their kicker then tyree kill travis kelsey you know that that might just be unfortunate if two of them can't go and if the outbreak stops in kansas city patrick mahomes might just have to play without his best two weapons it's that simple nobody else on the offense has gotten it yeah or has gotten placed on on the list so i don't see a reason to postpone that game you know play on like I, I think we talked about it on the stream, but the games yesterday and the games or and then the game on Monday could have been played on Sunday. Um, 
kind of postponed for no reason. So I think they learned from that mistake. And then obviously the COVID protocols have changed. So it could help get Tyreek and Travis Kelsey back. And then, I mean, the Jets and Jags, it's like, don't postpone that game. Like They're not postponing the that because nobody wants to watch that shit. I, yeah, I could no. see them postpone. I mean, the Steelers are obviously a huge yeah. national team and the Chiefs as well. So, like, if they want an island game that, at least it'd be an interesting game. But, like, yeah, nobody is trying to watch the Jet, the Jags and Jets in prime time game. No shot. <laughs> Just let, let the Jets run with a bunch of practice squatters. Their team is trash anyways. <laughs> let that go on Sunday. I, I think the Chiefs should play on Sunday as well. All right, well, let's get into the cash core this week. And I think the story of the week at running back, at least, is that it's Rojo week. Leonard Fournette is injured. He is likely to be placed on IR and miss the rest of the regular season. That report came out today, which leaves Ronald Jones priced at 5100 It's not a great matchup, but he should be a full-blown workhorse for the Bucks in this spot at, at a very affordable price tag. Yeah, obviously matchup is a little bit concerning, but the Bucks have the highest implied team total on the slate at 27 and a half as as it stands right now. Uh and obviously you want cheap pieces of one of the best offenses in the NFL. And Ronald Jones, I mean, in the past he he's shown he's capable of having big games and he looked pretty good against the Saints as well. Averaged almost eight yards a carry, had a couple catches. And I think what helps Ronald Jones is that in that same game, Keyshawn Vaughn just looked horrible. Dropped an easy catch, missed a couple blocks, fell down on, on a third down catch when he could have easily got the first down. Brady was visibly frustrated with Vaughn. Obviously, it's a concern that you know they were taking out Rojo for Vaughn in that game especially on third downs, but at 5,100, I think Rojo is one of the best plays on the board this week, has a high ceiling, and if he gets that pass game role, which I think is very possible because Vaughn is ass and, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, who they just signed yesterday, is horrible. Correct. We could we could have Rojo in a workhorse role to end the season, and he's probably a, a league and, and best ball winner if you got a, a team with him on it. Yeah, I mean, the matchup isn't good like you referenced, but I think that in cash you just – go for the workload. He's so cheap at 5,100 that you just jam him on DraftKings and, you know, go from there. Some of the other players in this 5 to 6K range do stand out, though. Miles Sanders coming off of a second straight 100-yard rushing game in a good spot at home against the Giants is 5,600. James Robinson at 5,900 in the absolute nut spot against a terrible Jets team with a ton of players out due to COVID, as we've referenced. And I'm also interested in Sony Michelle at 5,500, who came in and was the clear-cut lead back, even with Daryl Henderson active. Out-touched him 18-8, to had a couple of catches, and, you know, is in a good spot up against a weak Minnesota defense. Yeah, I just I just can't believe uh, Sony Michelle displaced Henderson as, as the Rams starter. Yeah. In 2021. That was shocking. Like, that's just wild. He looks pretty good, though. Like... You know? Yeah, yeah, he's he's looked he's looked solid over the last month or so of the season. And out of these three guys that you mentioned, J. Rob, Sanders, David Montgomery, Sony Michelle, the four guys I should say, I think Sony Michelle is my least favorite just because there is that threat of Daryl Henderson, you know, assuming a bigger workload. I don't know how sticky this Sony Michelle role will be moving forward. So he's definitely my least favorite. Henderson is obviously not playable. James Robinson, I think, is a cash game lock. It's just pretty simple. Carlos Hyde got placed on IR today. 5,900 Jets inflate points to opposing running backs 
Uh, you know, they're giving up like 35 DraftKings points to opposing running backs. And then David Montgomery's in a pretty great spot as well. So if I had to rank them, I, I think James Robinson is the best cash game play. And then Rojo, then David Montgomery, and then Sanders. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point with David Montgomery. His role as a receiver has just been so good over the past three weeks. Nine targets, seven targets, six targets. And Seattle is right up there as one of the worst run defenses in the league. I'm not crazy about that game environment. I, I definitely, I mean, I don't love it, but I guess none of these game environments are really good with, you know, the Giants and Eagles, the Bears, the, the Seahawks, and the Jags Jets is obviously a stone disaster. So I guess we're just going to be going for workload here. James Robinson, I agree, is the best play on the board. We saw them fully commit to him in the first game without Urban Meyer. He had the most touches he's had since the beginning of the season, uh, 21 total touches, also had six targets to go along with his 18 attempts. So, I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned in cash games, you're locking Rojo, you're locking James Robinson. And I think you can definitely pick between Sanders and Demont in terms of cash. Dalvin Cook is also interesting just because his workload has been absolutely absurd lately. It's not a great spot. You know, the Rams have a decent run defense, but I mean, if you just look at since he's come back from injury, 27 attempts, 28 attempts, three targets in both of those last two games, he's just a workload monster right now at 8,300. The price tag is pretty good. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is a great play this week uh, just for his projected volume probably a lock to see 25 plus touches alexander madison is still on the covid list uh because he's unvaccinated i'm pretty sure he will miss this game against the rams so dublin cook is locked into an elite role and he's always a good play there's just a lot of running back value this week with ronald jones at 5100 we could also get Ramondre Stevenson again if Damian Harris is unable to go. Uh, you know, he pulled his hamstring in that first game against Buffalo, missed last week against the Colts. We saw what the Patriots did against the Bills' run defense two weeks ago. So if Ramondre Stevenson opens up at 5K, that's another value running back. And I, I think you just play two or three running backs under 6K in cash this week, especially with some of the receivers that we have on this slate and, you know, their ceilings that they, that they bring with. And we're probably going to pay up to at least one of them. Oh, I mean, at least one of them's already going to be locked in. And, and we'll talk to, about that shortly. But at quarterback this week, the mid range is pretty interesting. I mean, I don't think that we're going to be paying up for Mahomes with all the concerns with his pass catchers. I don't think that we're going to be paying up to Josh Allen this week. It's not a great spot for him. Brady, obviously dealing with, you know, the loss of Chris Godwin, the potential loss of Mike Evans this week. He is a day to day player in this spot. So I think we're most likely going to be looking sub 7k Lamar Jackson if he's back at 6900 really stands out at that price tag. I also like Stafford at 6700 and Jalen Hurts at 6400. Hurts especially seems wildly underpriced for, you know, just the elite fantasy asset that he is. Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is probably the cash game quarterback, uh, you know, on Wednesday. Obviously a lot can change come Sunday, but his price his role, you know, his elite rushing upside. It's all you want in a fantasy quarterback. So 6,400, he's clear-cut, underpriced, tied for, you know, his lowest price tag of the season. He was 6,400 in week one, 6,400 this week. I think you just play Jalen Hurts in cash, to be honest, mm -hmm. against the Giants. I know he kind of came out and had a dud against them two weeks ago, but I think it's fine. The Giants are, are just terrible and you know, he, he's playing through the criticism that he gets on a daily basis. People saying that he's a bad quarterback and, 
you know, you have Eagles fans clamoring for Gardner Minshew, so you get that little chip on his shoulder as well. And he showed out last night against Washington, and I think he's going to show out for the rest of the season. Yeah, the Eagles are still going to be making a playoff push here, and Jalen Hurts did not appear to be hampered by the ankle injury that was bothering him. Still had eight attempts on the ground in Tuesday night's game, two rushing touchdowns, and just for 6400 the price is really good. How would you compare him to Stafford, who's $300 more? Um, seems like it's a really, really good spot in the highest total game of the week. The Rams are playing for the number one seed right now, and this this game has shootout written all over it. Yeah, I, th- I think I would prefer Hertz to Stafford. Now you're getting a little bit of a discount. I think you're getting a higher floor because of the rushing, and you're probably getting a higher ceiling as well with Jalen Hurts, although Matt Safford is a pretty great play this week against Minnesota. It's definitely the best game environment on the slate for sure. It could easily be a shootout. Uh, So I love Stafford in tournaments this week, but in cash, I'll just take the 300 in savings. I'll take the rushing upside it with Hurts and and move on from there. I think it's pretty simple. I agree for cash games. I think that Hurts is the play, no doubt. At wide receiver, I mean, this dude, Cooper Cup, is on pace for just an un- unbelievable season, and he gets the stone cold nuts this week. He's only 9,100. I say only 9,100 because Cooper Cup is in like 10K status at this point. He should be above yeah. 10K. So he's underpriced, in my opinion, at 9,100, especially in the nut matchup. All he does is score touchdowns. All he does is win people money. I I, I don't know, man. I'm playing Cooper Cup. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, Cooper Cup's a stone lock. I mean, not what else, what needs, else needs to be said? Yeah. <laughs> it's like he just just play him. The other interesting thing at wide receiver though is the Buck situation. Obviously, Chris Godwin is on IR. Mike Evans day to day, like I referenced earlier, and Antonio Brown is on pace to return somehow priced at 4900 on DraftKings. I mean, he he wasn't at practice on Wednesday, but Bruce Arians was quoted today saying that he looks healthy, his ankle looks good, and, and the fact of the matter is he's Antonio Brown is 4900 and is likely to be serving as the Bucks wide receiver one in this spot. Yeah, he's the biggest mispriced player on the entire slate. Is that fair to say? I I believe it is, sir. Yeah. 4900 AB. Even if Mike Evans is in there, I think AB's the wide receiver one. I mean, honest. I think if Mike Evans is in there, that's actually probably a good thing for AB, no? Yeah, no, it definitely is. It, it definitely is a good thing. I mean, he's he still can get his without Mike Evans in there. And through the first six weeks of the NFL season, AB was the Bucks' wide receiver one, I believe, in terms of targets. So him and Brady have a chemistry. You know, they're, they're kind of like butt buddies, to be honest. <laughs> 4,900, it's AB. Bucks offense, 27 implied team total. I mean, it doesn't get much easier than that, to be honest. Um, we'll have to see if Brady resents him at all for the fake Vax card stuff, you know? I mean, Brady's a big health guy, a big, you know, he he, he treats his body as a temple. I bet he was not happy about that. Well, yeah, I bet, I bet Brady's not vaccinated himself then. He doesn't Sheesh. want those foreign substances in his body. But no, then again, he, Brady's no, he's a team player. No, he is vaccinated. He's vaccinated. He wouldn't miss yeah. a game. Also, the Bucks were reported as a 100% vaccinated team earlier yeah. in the summer. <laughs> Obviously, not true, but... <laughs> what if What if Brady got his fake vax card from Antonio Brown's plug? You think so? Look, people have those. All right, they're out in the streets. It's not just professional athletes getting those. Like people will literally sell you those for like a hundred bucks. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying, bro. Brady got the legit plug. I'm sure he does. 
not, but Tom Tom Brady, I mean, competitive guy, team player, he's probably vaccinated. But yeah, AB, great price tag this week. I, I think you I think you lock him and Cooper Cup in, in cash, honestly. The other wide receivers that we're interested in, I mean, Gabe Davis, again, in a great spot. Speaking of all this COVID stuff, Cole Beasley finally got uh, his response to the COVID diss track, got the old C-19. So he is definitely going to be out this game. If, if there's one player we know isn't vaccinated, it's Cole. <laughs> so he's not going to be playing. Emmanuel Sanders, questionable still at this point in the week. I think he's going to practice, but... I guess I don't have quite a good read on this situation, but don't you think that Sanders might slide into the slot in this spot and Gabe Davis would remain the outside wide receiver or would they, would they, you know, reduce Gabe's snaps and play something like Isaiah McKenzie in the slot? I don't know how they would do that. Is Sanders back? Uh, Questionable, but was at practice on Wednesday. Okay. So he'll probably be good to go then, which is unfortunate. Uh, because I, I think Sanders being out directly correlates to Gabe Davis. I think they're like a one-for-one one backup. See, I think so too, but Gabe has been really, really good over the past three weeks. Like, I, I don't see why no, they would yeah. want to take him no, off the he's field. Better like, than, he's better than Sanders, but yeah. this season, they've shown that they want to play Sanders above Davis. Davis gets the role change when Sanders is not on the field. Yeah. Right. He would probably get a, a slight role change, too, if Diggs were out, but I don't think Davis gets a role change with Beasley missing. It is probably Isaiah McKenzie, who's probably 3K. He is. Uh, but then again, Gabe Davis on the season has played 32% of his snaps out of the slot. So maybe Interesting. we'll have to see. I, I, I don't know how Sean McDonald Dermot is going to do it. He could one for one replace Beasley. I, I don't know. I don't see a way that you take Gabe Davis off the field. No, he's arguably the third best player on their offense after Allen and Diggs at this point in the season. However, I mean, at 4,700, just with the uncertainty, especially if Sanders is back, I don't know if I would feel comfortable going there in cash. I think he'd be a fine tournament play, but mm -hmm. for a few hundred dollars more, you can get up to OBJ at 5,300. And I'm not opposed to playing OBJ and Cup in cash, even without Stafford. Like, Odell's had a great role as of recent. It wasn't a good game against Seattle, but prior to that, he was very heavily utilized in the offense. And if this game does shoot out, OBJ figures to be a big part of it. And as we've referenced, you know, Minnesota's literally the nut spot for opposing wide receivers this season. Yeah, OBJ coming off of a one-catch game, three targets. I think that's an outlier. I mean, we, we saw him in the three weeks previous. He had 22 targets over those three games, put up 19 plus and two out of three. So it's a good spot for Odell. You could run a trio of Cup, AB, and, and Odell like that. That sounds good if this was like 2015, you know, 2014. Hell yeah. Um, but OBJ's cheap. This is a week where I think it's really open in terms of what you could do and salary like there, there's so many routes that you can go there there's so many cheap and good players in good spots Odell Gabe Davis AB at wide receiver I, I think this is going to be a pretty solid week and just in terms of, of cash core I, I think it's cup AB are locks and depends if you go the four wide receiver route you can include Odell in there but honestly if you're going the three running back route three wide receivers Cup, AB, and OBJ look to be really good, honestly. I agree. I, my initial lean looking at this slate early in the week is that it's probably a three running back week just because I prefer DeMont and Sanders as the RB3 over guys like St. Brown and Odell one for one. So I wouldn't prioritize playing them over 
uh, those two running backs. So uh, that's my initial lean right now. I also think Amonra St. Brown is going to be relatively popular this week. I mean, his last three games, 12 targets, 12 targets, 11 targets. He's just been an absolute target hog. That being said, Jared Goff is on the COVID list, so we'll have to await that. I mean, I, I probably would only play him with Jared Goff in there. Also, DeAndre Swift looks like he might return, and I don't know how that will affect the target distribution of the Lions offense, but you know, the Lions are quite clearly not playing for the draft pick like I wish they would. They're just going out for the win, and Atlanta's defense is, is absolutely abysmal. So I could see Amonra St. Brown being a very popular option this week at 5,600. Yeah, I think I think he's going to come with a little bit of ownership for sure. Great spot for him. I think there's a little bit of concern around Jared Goff right now. He is on the COVID list, so we'll have to see if he can get activated before Sunday. Uh, reports are that he says he feels fine and he is vaccinated, so he could return on Saturday or whenever he has two negative COVID tests in a row. But if Goff were to miss, I think that would take St. Brown out of play for me, even against the Falcons. Yep. And other than that, just in terms of cash, I don't I don't really see much. I, I don't I don't think like, you know, the, the tier of Mike Evans, Chase, Renfro, Thielen are in play. And and I really don't think you need to go to like Mike Williams, T. Higgins, Brandon Cooks and Cash when, you know, we have Gabe Davis, A B and OBJ all cheaper and all in great spots. Yeah, no, I agree with that fully. I think that about sums up the cash core at wide receiver at tight end. Obviously, we're going to be trying to pay down this week. I think Jared Cook is really interesting at 3,500. Obviously, Donald Parm Jr. is going to be out for quite some time, suffered that gruesome injury in their last game. And I mean, Cook at this point is probably going to be like a 100% snap player who's, I mean, he's been taking a lot of time off to get DPJ in there. So I think that, you know, Cook definitely gets a boost at, and 3,500 against Houston is a very solid spot. Yeah, I think he's probably the best out of these cheap tight ends for sure on the best team with the best quarterback in a game where they should be able to do whatever they want. So I think he's the best, but if you really need to save the salary, maybe you need an extra 100 or 200. I think Komet, O'Shaughnessy, and Ingram are, are all fine. And realistically, all of these guys should probably finish within like one to two points of each other. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, my I would rank them Cook, Komet, O'Shaughnessy, Ingram. But um, yeah, it really just depends on what salary range you're in. Cook is my clear preference, though, I will say that. Paying up to Mark Andrews this week, 7K. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> All this dude does is drop 30 balls, but low-key getting a downgrade with Lamar Jackson in there since Huntley is <laughs> the guy who just targets this guy like at an insane rate. But yeah, Andrews 7K, definitely priced out of cash. Consideration for tournaments this week, how do you plan to get leverage on the field? One of the better ways to get leverage is to maybe flip the build a little bit. I think a lot of the, the builds that are going to be chalky are going to have these cheap, kind of thin running back plays, in my opinion. I think you could play Delvin Cook, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, if he's able to go, Joe Mixon as well. I think all of these guys are going to come in with lower ownership than guys like James Robinson, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery. You know, they're all on bad teams, those three, those last three guys that I mentioned. And there's a lot of ways that those guys can fail this week, especially when they're 30, 40% owned in, in tournaments, which I'm, I'm expecting J-Rob to, to be chalky as hell once again this week. 
Mm-hmm. So I think you just bet against some of these running backs that are on bad teams in bad situations, even though the matchups are, are pretty good for all of them. I, I think there's some leverage to be had in playing some of these uh, higher priced running backs and hoping that the cheap guys don't get there and Delvin Cook separates from the field like we know he can. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, if there's a ton of touchdowns being scored in that game, Delvin Cook is a good bet to be part of them on the Minnesota side of the ball. So I love Cook in tournaments this week. And I don't think that his ownership gets out of hand. I definitely think he's going to be the highest owned of like the the high price guys. But I just think that, you know, kind of like you said, so much of the ownership at running back is going to be in the mid range. So just getting up a little bit, you could play Cordero Patterson, who's in a good spot coming off of a disappointing week, but 6,700 against the Lions. I, I like Cordero this week. It's just this week, there are going to be some price ranges that are not targeted. Like you said, at running back, it's going to be the high-end guys are going to go under the radar. And the wide receivers, I think, too. You know, Jamar Chase, 7,100. Steph Diggs, 7,600. Justin Jefferson, 8,100. Like, people are going to be paying up to get to Cooper Cup and sort of skipping this range. And we know that these guys have the ability to post week-winning weeks every single week. So I I just, I want to go after these players that we've seen do it and have maybe struggled as of late and, and just hope that we can cash in on what'll be an obvious ownership discount. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. You can uh, buy low on some of these guys. Uh, that might go under-owned, you know, like you said, Justin Jefferson, Diggs. I think Deontay Johnson is in a a pretty solid spot against KC. Kind of ran bad last week, only got five targets. Uh, His his lowest targeted game on on the season, well, second lowest targeted targeted game on the season. Uh, I think that this range specifically is going to be the range that goes under-owned. And the Bengals wide receivers, uh, you mentioned Chase, uh, T. Higgins, even even Tyler Boyd, who scored a long touchdown last week, they're all in a great spot against this depleted Ravens secondary. They always come with lower ownership as well. So I definitely like the Bengals pass catchers, and I, th- I think that there's, uh, there's a lot of players where you can get some uh, buy low opportunity on and, and some leverage for sure. Yeah. And I mean, transitioning into stacks, the Bengals wide receivers, I think pair really well with Joe Burrow. I'm interested in the Burrow doubles this week. Cincinnati is trying to make a playoff push. He is the cheapest he's been since week five. His price has come down to 5,900. So I really, really love the Burrow stacks. And one of my favorite long shots of the week correlates with that in Marquise Brown, who's had double digit targets in five out of his last seven games and only gone over 20 points once. I think getting Lamar Jackson likely back in the spot is a big boost for Marquise Brown. And, you know, we, we've seen him do it multiple times this year. So that's going to definitely be one of my favorite games to target. It, it has the potential to go over for sure this week. I love the the Burrow doubles with a Marquise Brown bring back. Yeah, the total in that game is very low right now. I think it's 44, 44 and a half actually. So I definitely like the over in that game if Lamar can go. And I mean, even Tyler Huntley has shown that he's capable of putting up points for the Ravens offense. He would be 6K. He would he would be interesting. You know, he shipped the Millie last week. But yeah, I definitely like the Bengals side of the ball. Obviously, you know, I'm going to be playing Rams, Vikings stacks. Those look great every single week. And Justin Herbert stacks this week as well. And I think this is this is a week where you'll probably get, you know, the Josh Allen doubles and the in the Tom Brady doubles, maybe at a at a lower ownership. Um, so, I mean, maybe, probably maybe. Josh Allen doubles. Jo- oh, Josh Allen doubles for sure. I don't, I don't know about the Brady doubles just because AB is going to be so popular and maybe, yeah, but, but Brady won't be popular. So no, he won't Brady 
with AB and, you know, Mike Evans or Tyler Johnson. I mean, if- Gronk, speak, I mean, I want to bring up Gronk as one of the best leverage plays on the slate. He caught two out of 11 targets. You'd have to think that that shifts yeah. back uh, to a more efficient game. He He's had huge games all year. I, w- I would love to play Gronk this week as leverage off of Rojo and AB. He could easily be the number one scoring tight end on the, on the week at low ownership. Yeah, that's a fact. 6,200 though. It's kind of expensive for Gronk, but we obviously know he has like two, three touchdown upside any single week with the Bucks, you know, being the highest implied team total on the slate. I, th- I think this Panthers defense is, you know, pretty beatable to be honest, um, yeah. at, at all levels. So I definitely like Gronk, and yeah, you could play a Brady double with A.B. And, and Gronk. Really, the only chalky player is going to be A.B. Josh Allen doubles, going to have no ownership. Justin Herbert doubles, probably going to have maybe some ownership, but I don't I don't think much because Keenan no. Allen is, is 7,700. Mike Williams, nobody's going to play Mike Williams, and, and we know the upside that he has. And, you know, you could basically guarantee seven points for Mike Williams minimum, but maybe we, we run into a Mike Williams ceiling game, and he looks like he's one of my favorite long shot plays of the week. I mean, the matchup is there. Offensive environment is there. Second highest implied team total on the slate behind the Bucks. I don't think it gets much better for the Chargers, and especially if you can get them at low ownership. And and I think you will. I think people are very very sick of playing Mike Williams this year. So yeah, yeah. I mean, everything you said sounds pretty good to me. I do have another long shot that I would like to get out there for the brand, my boy Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, he he had a season high four targets last week against the Chargers. The Steelers have given up the most fantasy points to running back over the last four weeks. They're they're turning into a complete run funnel. Their run defense is horrible. They're averaging they're giving up 164 yards over the last four. And we could see a more pass happy, or I'm sorry, we could see a more run heavy approach, I think, from KC in the spot if Tyreek and Kelsey are out. I think he's a, a pretty okay play. Like he he's a good play. He won't be owned. Won't be owned. The upside is it's just so low, man. It's they're gonna it's, use Darrell Williams. Yeah. Travis Kelsey and Hill should be back, I'm assuming. Maybe one of them is out. Uh, Honestly, I think it could be Tyreek that's out. He was placed on the COVID list yesterday. Kelsey was placed on Monday. So that gives Kelsey, you know, an extra day to come back. So if I had to guess, I think Tyreek Hill is more likely to be out than Kelsey. But if both are out, I mean, I guess CEH looks fine at at 5,800. Like, it's a good spot. They're at home. Should be able to win this game pretty easily, even without Kelsey and Hill, to be honest, like the Steelers are are just so bad and I hate playing this dude. So, I I mean, I'm not going to play him, but I I could see why people would play him. There's just so many ways that he fails. They just go away from him for no reason. Like he'll have a couple good runs in a row and then Andy Reid's like, all right, go to the bench. We need to start throwing the ball. Daryl Williams, come, come on in. You'll get the catches. Yeah, we got to whatever reason Derek Gore involved in the game. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. So Daryl Williams is, yeah, he's 4,600. He had five touches last week. CH is clear cut the RB1, but just so many ways that he just doesn't get there and he doesn't get catches either. Truly unfortunate for CEH, but it it lines up as a good play from an ownership. I wonder who who, uh, called that last year and this year. Not Ben Hover. (laughs) Hey, hey. Such an easy fade, dude. 
such an easy fade. Yeah, you're going to get the nut run out with this Rojo being a league winner, too. That's crazy. And they play the Jets next week. Amazing. Amazing. I wonder if any Rojo teams are still out there in the underdog playoffs. They probably are. Bro, he's going to be on the Best Ball Mania 2 winner. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy to think about. It all came to fruition. That's what we drafted Rojo for. For Leonard Fournette to get hurt in the fantasy playoffs and Ronald Jones to show everybody what he's capable of. It's so nice to see a plan come together. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) All right. Let's close things out with best bets. We were on a heater the previous two weeks. Definitely took an L last week, only getting one out of our four. But what do you got for the people this week? I mean, on prize picks, been doing that a lot recently. Haven't really set any bets that I like because a lot of the good lines come out like Saturday. Yeah. Uh, So that's really why I don't give out any. But there is one line right now that I think is going to move come Saturday, come Sunday. And that is James Robinson, 75 and a half rushing yards. I think that's an easy over against the Jets. You know, he only had 75 last week against Houston, and his prop was 75 and a half. That was a bad beat. He was at 76, lost a yard. I think James Robinson goes over 100 yards in this spot against the Jets and their depleted team uh, due to COVID. So if you're listening, I would get that in right now. I would expect that to at least go over 80. And then at that point, it's a little bit thinner uh, and 75 and a half is obviously pretty high. And I tend to stay away from like these high ass props just because injuries, variance, a lot of ways for these players to fail. But I think if J-Rob plays the whole game, he's a stone lock to get 75 and a half rushing yards. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I absolutely love that. I also would like to, I mean, the only thing that I would pair it with right now is probably like, I like Joe Burrows over at 245.5, but, um, like you said, a lot, a lot of the best bets have yet to come out on this week. Yeah. That's why it's tough on prize picks. And, you know, we kind of stopped saying what we like on the pod. You kind of just have to be in the discord and we usually post our bets in there. Well, at least I do. I post some of my favorite props around Saturday, Sunday. If I was pairing it with something, because you have to pair it on prize picks, I would do David Montgomery 65 and a half rushing yards. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a good one as well. That's a good one Because well. uh, Fields is dealing with an ankle injury, supposedly. And the Bears last week, a couple days ago, I should say, they just looked like they just wanted to run the ball every goddamn play. So, oh, yeah, you're telling me. I had I had the Justin Fields over. I was sweating that until the deep end of the fourth quarter. Man couldn't get over 200 yards. Like, bro. But he did yeah. get there. Shout out to Justin Fields. Yeah, but David Montgomery, 17-plus rush attempts in three out of his last four. So if he gets 18 to 20 carries against Seattle, I'd like for him to get 66 rushing yards. So it's tough betting on a bear, but that's the power play I would do early in the week. James Robinson over and David Montgomery over is my two picks. And I'm going to take a pair of overs this week on lines i currently am i mean i've been talking about the Bengals. i like 44 and a half i think that that game goes over i think that that line is accounting for huntley to be the starter which i'm not believing is the case at the moment i mean if, if we get joe burrow and lamar jackson head to head both playing for a wild card spot right now i think that that game is has a lot of paths to going over a very low line at 44 and a half 45 points definitely going to be scored in that game. Even if Huntley plays, I think that is live. So I'm going to take that over. And then I like the over on the LA Vikings game. I know it's the highest on the slate at 49. It's already been bet up a point from 48. I wouldn't be shocked to see this line close above 50. Um, 
everything just sets up really well for the two offenses involved. The Vikings always push the opposing team into more plays. It's just the way that their offense runs. So, you know, if we're getting Stafford throwing the ball a lot, we're getting Kirk Cousins throwing the ball a lot. I could see each of these teams putting up points, and I, I think it goes over 49. I definitely like both of those bets. For sure, definitely like the Ravens one a lot uh, for the reason that you mentioned. You know, hopefully we have a, a nice 4-0 week. Hopefully. And that is going to be it for episode 190 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. For more week 16 NFL DFS content, you can check out our YouTube channel, the DFS Dose, where we post multiple videos per week. We will not be back this Saturday as it is Christmas. Going to be doing, you know, family stuff, I'm assuming. So no live stream this week. However, we will be in the Discord chat all Sunday morning. So any questions that you have, any updates that come to the slate, just feel free to hop in the Discord. We'll be in there answering everything up until lock. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.